We've just dedicated the baby, but most of us are adults, and we make choices. But God also makes choices, and He chooses. Uh, he chooses us. And um, this morning, I want to talk about children of God, and I want to say to you, what makes a child of God? Why do we call ourselves children of God? Uh, and I had all sorts of stuff for you um, to set me up for this, but I'm just going to dive straight in. We are our children of God because we've chosen Jesus. Okay, we're children of God because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're children of God because we seek peace. And I, and I just want to go into those, those three things. You see, the Bible tells us that creation awaits the sons of God. And you can be confused about that because there's this huge creation out there. Uh, I don't know. Has anyone has anyone watched the NASA landings on on Mars? Stick your hand up if you've watched the NASA landings. I, I'm sure they're in the Karoo. Hey, oh no! Now I've just started another conspiracy theory. <laughs> Doesn't it look like the Karoo? I mean, you know, just barren, barren. You know, uh, and what are they there for? They're looking for signs of life. Yeah, and when I was six years old. We sent someone and they landed on the moon. And 52 years later, we've got to the next rock in the universe. But we haven't got there. We've sent a robot. Creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Mars is not waiting for a robot. It's waiting for us. They're looking in the wrong place for signs of life. They're looking at Mars. Mars is dead because the sons of God are not on Mars. The earth is alive because you and I are here. And creation was created for us. Creation was created for mankind by a creator God. And however you choose to believe he did that, that's fine with me. I don't want to argue about the how, but there is an intended complex system that God has put in place. My brother is a microbiologist and an atheist. And um, he started his career in microbiology in the medical field, doing HIV research. Uh, and then he saw a job in the agricultural field, and he applied for the job in the agriculture. And I'm like, Ian, why? How, how can three years of HIV research equip you to, to go into agricultural research? And he said, I'm a microbiologist. And I looked at him, because I'm not, he's the smart one, I'm the, the less smart one. I looked at him, and I'm like, he said, under a microscope, it all looks the same. It's all built the same way. It doesn't matter whether you're looking at a plant or you're looking at a human, you're looking at a pig, you're looking at a carrot. The, the closer you get, the more it looks the same. And I'm like, Ian, design, designer. 
if it all looks the same, if it's all built the same way, maybe, maybe God had a plan. And he's like, no, no. So, um, I hope Ian, you're listening to this. Because <laughs> I'm going to send you the link just to annoy you. Um, so my question to each one of us this morning is, do we know Jesus? Because if we don't know Jesus, we're not sons of God. Galatians um, 3.26 says, if you are a son, then you are in Jesus by faith. So this is this is... This part of the message is for people who aren't yet in Jesus. Those of us who are in Jesus know this already. We, we sense, we feel the adoption, we understand the family connection that we have with Father God. We, we know in our knower that we are connected, and I'll go on to explain why that is. But if, if you've never met Jesus, if you've not made a decision for him, I sound mad. I sound crazy. I'm talking about Mars and then I'm talking about Jesus. We understand, as the body of Christ, we understand where, what the connection is. Galatians 3.26 says, if you are, it says, if you are a son, you are a son through faith in Jesus Christ. You're born again. You're set free. You're forgiven. And because you're born again, you're set free, because you are in Jesus, you are given the Holy Spirit. And that's why we know. That's why I know I'm born again. That's why I know I'm loved by God, because the Holy Spirit lives in me. Uh, and so I know. If, I, if the Holy Spirit doesn't live in me, how do I know? There's no connection. There's no family. There's no link. So the Bible tells us that um, the Spirit comes to live in us as Christians. In Romans 8 and verse 14 it says, sons are led by the Spirit. So to really know God, you have to receive his Spirit. You have to be baptised in him. So that he can lead you. Because people resist the Holy Spirit. People don't believe in the Holy Spirit. People curse the Holy Spirit. People resist the Holy Spirit. And we, we've all done these things in our past. But sons are led by the Holy Spirit. So, there we are. There's the Holy Spirit. This new tech. Eh? Holy Spirit tech. Sorry. I'll go this way. So the Holy Spirit leads me in my walk. Yeah? I mean, actually, he's here. But I just want to show you, he's ahead as well. He's leading me as I walk. You see, we've, as I said last time, we've been adopted into this family. And there's now new DNA. Yeah, we're all afraid. Well, some of us are afraid of getting an injection because we... We think some IT guru has, has injected some, something that's going to track us um, as we go around the world. We already have a tracker. It's called the Holy Spirit. He knows where we are. Google may think it knows where we are. 
but the Holy Spirit knows where we are. So you have, if you are a son of God, you've been adopted into a new family. And I want to tell you a story, a story about my, uh, a friend of mine, Justice, who lives in Clarence, and um, he grew up on a farm during apartheid, and he lived in a compound in the farm. And if he, they would sneak out and you know, do what little boys do. But if he was caught outside the compound, the farmer would get the headman to beat him in front of everybody. And um, eventually his family decides this is no life and they, they hide in Lesotho. They disappear over the river. Uh, the, far, the border of South Africa and Lesotho goes through the farm. Uh, and so they hop the border, they hop the river, and they live in Lesotho until he's an adult. Uh, so he does his schooling and everything in the Sutu. And, um, and one day he hears that God is visiting this farm. He hears, you know, as people are talking, hey, there's a meeting happening on Sunday. People uh, are getting saved. There's worship. People are being filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. He didn't understand much of this, but there was a, a drawing. He wanted to know what was going on. So one Sunday morning, he gets up early, he puts his best on, and he goes across the river, I presume, <laughs> pulling his trousers up. I don't know what time of year it was. Um, but when he arrives on the farm, church hasn't started. Church is going to be in the barn, but church hasn't uh, started. So my other friend, Steve, um, is busy running around, sorting things out, and he sees justice, and he asks him, what are you, what are you doing here? Uh, and Justice says, I've come to know Jesus. Brilliant. Because he's heard this is, there's this guy, Jesus, on the farm. And he wants to know who this Jesus is. So he says, I've come to know Jesus. So Steve says, ah, oh, but we're not ready yet, so come and have some breakfast. So the guy, the little child who lived on the farm and got beaten whenever he escaped from his compound, gets invited into the farmhouse. And I just want you to let your imagination go on this one. He gets invited into the farmhouse through the front door and he gets led into the kitchen where there's the family, the family that have bought the farm and there's a church planting team all sat around this big wooden table and he gets invited to sit at the table as an equal in this farm where he used to get beaten. So long story short, Justice, he gives his heart to Jesus. He gets filled with the Spirit. He becomes a leader in the church in Clarence. Uh, he now has a, has a car. And um, for me, the car uh, is his new shoes. You see, back in the day when um, Jesus and Paul and others were talking about slaves and free men, free men had shoes and slaves didn't. Slaves lived in compound, got beaten and didn't have shoes. Justice now has a car, his new shoes, because he's part of a family. Oh, and he now owns part of the farm where he grew up and where his... Uh, father was a slave. We don't use the term slave in South Africa, but that's what he was. And the thing that justice had to do 
in that he had to become a son. In his relationship with God and his relationship with other people in the church, he had to become a son. He had to know that I was his brother, a white man. He he had to know that I could be his friend. That it wasn't just about Sunday mornings, but I could be his friend. He had to know, as a leader of the church I was attending, he had been appointed as my teacher, my leader. You imagine, you've grown up, you run away from white people. Your whole childhood, that's what you do. Literally, you change nations to run away from white people. Now, you're leading white people because you are a son of God. Because you're filled with the Spirit. So you've given your heart. And I just want to concentrate on, on heart for a moment. You see, I'm going to see if I can get closer to you without messing everything up. There we go. You see, God is not someone who is distant, who is far off, who has rules, who requires things of you. God is a person. And he became human in Jesus. And he lived. He was born. He was dedicated in the temple as a young boy, by his family. And he grew up, as anybody else grew up, a carpenter's son. And he had this whole life ahead of him, apart from he and his father had had a conversation before time begins to say, we're going to rescue humanity. You and I with the help from our mate, the Holy Spirit. We're going to rescue humanity. And so because every time we try to rescue ourselves, we mess it up, don't we? I don't know if you have that same track record as as I do. Um, So I'm in a hurry to get somewhere. I reverse into a tree. And I'm going nowhere. (laughs) You know, because that's me trying to rescue myself. Whereas God... He rescues us. He doesn't require anything from us but to say yes. All he requires from us is a, is a heart connection. There's no rules. There's no, you must do this, you must do that. All he requires is a heart connection. And what he says to you, believe in me. Believe that you and I together is better, is more powerful, is more perfect than you on your own. Whatever circumstances you are facing, you and I facing it together is more effective than you facing it on your own. Whatever you're trying to build, a career, uh, academia, uh, serving others, whatever it is you're you're busy with, being a father, being a mother, being Um, a brother or a sister, is better him and you. Heart connected. So, what do we do? What do we do with this information I'm giving you? Well, what we do is we say, yes, (laughs) I believe. 
And in doing that, that starts to change, change us. I'm more careful around trees. Because when I start driving, I ask for the Holy Spirit's help. And funnily enough, I don't hit as many trees as, as I used to. Because he and I together is better than me on my own. And so my, my question for everyone this morning is, are you together? Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and you. Does that, is that working? Is that where you're at? Have you made a decision? Because there's all sorts of stuff that changes once you have. But the thing is, in that moment, when God says to you, Nigel, Alphonse, Eno, whoever it is, when he says to you, come to me, everything changes. And uh, <laughs> everything changes because it works. Even the trouble is easier than, than it was before. As Charles said earlier, you know, he doesn't promise to change everything. He promises to be in everything. He promises to be with you in everything. And, and he gives you the Holy Spirit, the counsellor, the wonderful counsellor. He gives you somebody you can talk about. I can talk to the counsellor when I'm preparing a preach and I can ask him, well, who's going to be in front of me on Sunday? Who needs to hear? What do they need to hear? What what gift can I give in your power on Sunday? What I want you to do is just ask yourself the question, am I his child? And if you are not his child, do you want to be his child? Do you want that experience of having a father and a brother and a counsellor in your life? Not because it's going to be lovely and rosy and all the rest of it, but because he's going to be with you in everything that you go through. Uh, if you lose your job and the bank wants to repossess your house, he's there. If you go for a job interview for a job uh, as a VIP protector in Limpopo province, he's there. He's with you. He directs you. He encourages you. You're led by the Spirit. You see, if I'm led by the Spirit, I'm making choices all the time. I'm making choices to listen to him and to follow what he is saying. And for someone who has never encountered the living God, this just sounds crazy. You've got this little voice in your head? No, actually, he works here with me. For other people, he might work in, in different ways. But for me, my head can be disengaged. My head can be, uh, I don't know, in Google or in a book or driving a car, whatever it is, but my heart is connected. And he speaks to me through my heart. He speaks to me um, in a way that I can't necessarily describe. But in preparing for this message this morning he said to me forgiveness he said to me somebody that you are talking to 
this morning needs forgiveness. Now I'm not going to embarrass you and ask you what you need forgiveness for. But forgiveness is available to sons, to family. It's easy, easier to forgive family than it is a stranger. If you're led by the Spirit, you will know what you need forgiveness for. If you are not, God is now pointing out to you, in your mind, in your heart, he's speaking to you. Nigel's rambling at the front, but God is saying, I want to forgive you for this thing that you did, this hurt that you caused, this decision that you made that you did without asking me. I want to forgive you. I truly want to forgive you. Yeah? It's not that we have to, oh, please, Lord, please forgive me, Lord. He's waiting. He's waiting to forgive us. It's not something that we, we, we have to engineer or manipulate him. He's waiting. He wants to forgive us. He loves us, each one of us. He wants to adopt you into his family this morning. And so if you've not made a decision for Jesus before, I challenge you this morning. Make a decision for Jesus. Make a decision to come into the family, to be born again using church language, to be filled, baptized with the Spirit, and to live a life in him, with him. Become a son, just like I became a son all those years ago. And others here have become sons. Let, let him be your father. And then he'll talk to you about stuff. And he'll build you and strengthen you and minister to you. And he will forgive you. There's no doubt in my heart. If you come to him and apologize, say sorry, ask for forgiveness. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's, he's like, I don't know if you get it. Um, so when I'm preaching... There's, there's a time for confession here. When I'm due to preach and, um, and Cheryl says, ah, I, I, I've got something to, to, to say and Alphonse says, I, I've got something to say uh, and, and Charles says, is there anyone here with what, 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 what? And I'm like, <clears throat> I'm itching to get on with the word. Yeah? And I'm like, okay, patience. Okay, yeah, it's Pray in tongues while all this is going on. Yeah, yeah. But God, I've got a message. I've got a message. I've got a. He's like that with you. He's waiting. He's like, come on, Nigel. Come on. Let's 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 be family. Come on. Let's be family together. He's itching for you to make contact. It says that he stands at the door and knocks. And if you invite him in, then you eat together. This is very, very uh, intimate. Yeah? You eat together. You enjoy fellowship. You enjoy intimate relationship with him. You, who do you eat with? You eat with the people that are closest to you. 
And that's the relationship he wants with you. So can we stand? Thank you, Lord. So I want you to think about that word forgiveness this morning. Whether you're a believer or not a believer, I ask. Just close your eyes and just spend a moment. What do you need forgiveness for? Is there something you've done or something you've not done? Someone you've hurt? Uh, maybe you've just not expressed love in a way that that can be received. Just ask him. And then, just when he puts his finger on it, when he speaks to you through your heart, your mind, whatever, however he connects with you, and he will, he will voice that thing. He will show you a picture, or he will show you a verse of scripture, or he will um, speak with that still quiet voice in your heart or your mind, and say, Nigel, I need you to forgive that lady in the BMW that nearly killed you two weeks ago, or whatever it is. And then again, if you are not a Christian here this morning, or you haven't, I'm sorry for the terminology, you know we church things, um, but what I'm really saying, if you've not made a connection with the living God, a heart connection that is never going away, that is always there for you, if that's not your experience, whether you call yourself a Christian or you call yourself an atheist or an agnostic, or whatever you call yourself now. If you've not made that heart connection, then won't you just raise your hand this morning and just say, I want that, Lord. I want that heart connection. I want, I want to live my life with you, not on my own. I want to live my life with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you, you would <laughs> restore souls this morning. That you would save souls this morning. In Jesus' name. you've got questions or doubt or fears and you want to talk to somebody afterwards yeah you can talk to me or Charles uh, Candice somebody who brought you for Ryan's family he knows what he's talking about hey ask him Ilsa's family she knows they know Jesus intimately ask them Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He stands at the door.
and knocks. And he's itchy. <laughs> he's like Nigel when he's preaching. He's not just at the door. He's like pacing up and down, calling out your name. He's calling out your name. Because he loves you. He created all that you see for your benefit and mine. Thank you, Jesus.